Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is God Made Us Extra Cool, and joining me from Arizona in the United States of America is author Barbie Thomas. Welcome, Barbie. Thank you. Good visiting with you. I uh, I find this uh, to be a fascinating book on many levels. It's uh, certainly a book that's uh, short to read, 22 pages or so. What is the background of this of this story? Where did the inspiration come from? I I do uh, recognize in your uh, foreword uh, someone by the name of Lacey. How does she fit into the book and and tell a little of your background? Okay, well Lacey is a little girl who I met oh three or four years ago, and um, I was babysitting her for the day, and we went to the gymnastics gym that I uh, was going to at the time, and they have a open gym on Friday mornings for preschool-age kids, and so I took her for something to do and something to keep her busy and to burn off some energy, and we were playing on the trampoline, and a lot of the other kids around were staring at her, pointing at her, you know, saying, where's your arms? And that little girl doesn't have arms. And, hmm. um, you know, kind of the mama bear in me wanted to just help her. And I, and I just told him, yeah, God just made her extra cool. <laughs> and so that's kind of where that came from. I, I just thought, huh, I should write a children's book about this and call it God made us extra cool. Beautiful. Is there anything about your history that uh, put you in uh, in the mood, in the mode to uh, to address this particular subject? Well, I also don't have arms, and so I grew up with kind of that same thing that Lacey was dealing with. Other kids, you know, don't understand, uh, didn't understand why it was different or why I don't have arms, and so I knew how she felt when the kids were saying those things. And so I thought it would be a good way to educate children on how everyone is different. I think that's a that's a great uh, moral, great underpinning for your story. You, uh, in growing up, how did you maintain a positive attitude or was it something that was uh, learned later in life? That's a tough question. I think it's something that I'm continually learning. <laughs> I can't really put my finger, pun intended, can't really put my finger on a a time that I learned that. Um, I think it's a continuous learning curve. I think think that uh, same answer could be from anyone I interview, regardless of what the challenge is. I I personally would have a difficult difficult time giving you a positive answer, maybe, depending on the time of week and time of of the year. You, uh, have you always had a creative side to your, to your disposition? Have you always thought, well, maybe I could tell a story and people would listen to it? You know, I've thought for many years I should write a book, and um, actually right now I'm in the middle of writing an autobiography, um, but I just thought this was, you know, I love I love kids, and so I thought this would be fun 
to kind of come down on their level and teach them. Your your story writing is uh, sim- simply put, I guess, is is direct to the point, and yet it is uh, something that would engage a young reader. Are you in your other life uh, besides uh, being an author? Do you also spend a lot of time with young children, teaching them in in some capacity? Um, yes, I. Well, I was teaching Sunday school for a little while, but I also I'm a coach at a sports camp for limb different children and so we have several camps throughout the year um i'm always at the big summer camp and we have about 150 limb different children who compete in all kinds of sports and so i'm kind of there to i coach the tumbling and just to be there as a mentor and a support for those kids and their families that's fabulous. Barbie, how long did it take to complete your book once you sat down and decided, hey, I want to share this story and inspire children? You know, it actually, it took quite a while because I I would write, I wrote it, and then, you know, time would go by and I'd pull it out again and look at it and tweak it and make changes and then put it away and then I'd pull it out again and look at it and make more changes or add more stuff. And then I decided I wanted to add the scriptures in there. Um, and then the challenging part was actually finding an illustrator. Um, I wanted it to be someone special. So, uh, I actually went through a few different people before I settled on Madison. Um, and she's young, she was only 14 when she did these illustrations. So I'm pretty proud of her. She did a wonderful job. It, it looks uh, as though, and I, and I don't mean this in a, uh, uh, a negative way, but it looks as though a child has has drawn the illustrations. It's something that they can certainly relate to. I've got a grand right. grandson who, uh, although he's a college age student right now, his art would probably uh, fit real well into your book. I mean, this is how he he expresses himself when he does art. So it's uh, it's something that uh, people can relate to, and young people especially can relate to what do you think mm-hmm. is the the biggest reaction you've had have you been able to share this with young children on a personal level and what has their reaction been um, so far I've gotten real positive feedback about the book um, kids seem to love it and I actually got to hear a little girl when I was teaching Sunday school one night I had the book in the Sunday school room and um, she was asking about my arms and I said you know what let's read a story about it and so we pulled it out, and she read it to me, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. I bet that was encouraging to, hear, to it, hear, hear it a from one. a young... Yes, absolutely. Read it. One of the things that's also interesting about your book, and I think it's engaging, is uh, towards the end of the book, you have, uh, I would say, a, a blank page or a, a page with a, um, a frame around it that gives the reader a chance to express themselves artistically. Uh, here's one of the illustrations that they could create is if you can draw a picture of someone doing something nice for for someone else, uh, draw that. Uh, it also has an opportunity, opportunity for them to express themselves by uh, maybe coloring in the color of their eyes and some other things that right. they, they might be thankful for. Did that idea come to you uh, initially, or was that something that came later? Uh, I think that came kind of in the beginning because I knew I wanted it to be somewhat interactive and kids always like coloring. And then I thought, you know, it's a good way to get them 
thinking because, you know, one of the pages we talk about how um, there's different color eyes and different color hair and different color skin and everyone's different. Everyone's unique. And so I thought that'd be fun for them to be able to color in what color their eyes are and Beautiful. In mentioning Lacey, you referred her as Mini-Me. She's a very attractive young lady. <laughs> if she was three years old at the time, is she? how old is she now, and how is she doing? I think she's six years old now, and she's doing great. She's been doing gymnastics and riding horses, and she's in school, and um, she's doing wonderfully. As an artist and as an illustrator and as an author, you are a cheerleader. Is that what your goal was in life, to to not only cheer the, the children who might have challenges, but also those who may not have challenges but have questions? I didn't know that that was a goal in my life until later on, but I've come to find out that it's just very rewarding and it's something I enjoy doing. Um, so, definitely. And you are pursuing another goal an autobiographical sketch of your life and something else that I'm sure my listeners will want to keep in touch and find out about in the near future. And they can do that by searching under the author's name, Barbie Thomas. Is that story near completion? <laughs> Who knows? I'm moving at a snail's pace. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a wonderful job on this. And again, it's a, a story, this being the holiday season, a time for sharing gifts. This is a gift that a, a grandparent can certainly uh, share with a child who maybe is inquisitive about life in general and certainly addresses an important subject. The title, again, is God Made Us Extra Cool, written by Barbie Thomas. Barbie has joined me from Arizona. Barbie, where do my listeners get a copy of your book? It is on Barnes & Noble and also on Amazon. And are you in the process of maybe setting up a personal fan page to uh, share this story and others? Um, I have not done that, although that's a pretty good idea. I think it's a great idea. You you certainly will get some feedback and some uh, written responses to the contents of your book, I'm sure, and some stories that would love to be shared and probably inspire others. Thank you for inspiring us today by sharing the background of this book, God Made Us Extra Cool. Again, author Barbie Thomas, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you. My pleasure for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts. Back in a moment. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled. And just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. 
returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Lazy's Loves, and joining me from California is author Stephen Mitchell. Thank you for taking time to join with me today. You're welcome. <laughs> this is uh, this is an interesting title, Lacey's Loves, and uh, it gives the indication that there perhaps was more than one attraction in this novel. How did this novel get written? What is What would you describe it as? Is this fictional, nonfiction? How did you come about with this title? Well, it is pure fiction. I, I, to be honest with you, uh, this title kind of came about before the book did, and I really was kind of surprised at that. I, I don't, I didn't know where it was coming from. But uh, then I just sat down at the computer one day, and it just began, almost began to write itself. Um, I, I didn't have any particular uh, experience uh, or knowledge of, of the areas that I was uh, dealing with, but uh, it just seemed to flow very naturally, and actually within two weeks it was, it was completed with, you know, without any 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 stops or or hesitation at all that's phenomenal now have you always had an interest in becoming an author i mean what is your writing yeah. background well this is the first uh, novel i've ever uh, written or the first actually publication i've ever written uh i've i've been writing most of my life uh, but it's been just personal stuff for my family and friends and and grandkids and so on and and I read it to them and they enjoy it but I never I never really thought about being published uh, until this thing happened and it just I thought well there's got to be meaning to this I'm um, you know why why would I uh, uh, have this incredible uh, length of, of of a book without uh, trying to get it published so that's I went after that and it happened so I'm really just delighted about that. Well, it's phenomenal. It's 238 pages of, uh, of text mm-hmm. and, and material and plots, subplots. Did you, when you began to write, you say it just sort of flowed from you in a couple of weeks. Did you have a, yeah. a general outline when you began, or did you did you just create on the fly? I just created on the fly. It was, uh, it was quite phenomenal to me. I mean, actually, I almost, I almost had to read back read the book back to it to see what I had written uh, because it was it was just so so all by itself in your in your career past uh, was imagination a part of uh, what you uh, drew from in uh, in conducting your career part of it was um, I, I kind of uh, led my life in, in groups of 17 years uh, I'm 74 now but uh, at for 17 years I was a warehouse manager and then I got called into ministry and then I spent 17 years as a pastor and 17 years as a hospital chaplain and I still do uh, hospital chaplaining as a volunteer. Phenomenal. Your your main character obviously, at least I think is correct to say, is Lacey. Would that be uh, yes. correct? And who is Lacey in this novel? Well, Lacey uh, is actually, of course, the heroine in, in that respect. Uh, she is um, uh, an ath- a 21-year-old college senior who's a, a gifted multi-sport athlete. She uh, um, is, is uh, very ca- talented in uh, basketball, volleyball, and track. Uh, she's very tall and thin. She's six foot three and weighs about 145 pounds. Wow! And uh, you know that that is thin and tall, <laughs> but. Uh, she is, uh, you know, a very. Um, she's. This is a Christian novel, to be perfectly frank with you. Sure. Uh, and it's it's very much Christian. Uh, she is. Uh, she's a committed Christian, and her entire family is. 
and she basically was in her senior year uh, at at college in, in Northern California, and uh, she uh, uh, she had a new roommate that that was. Uh, she was going to meet, and then when they met, you know, they got to got to like each other. It was uh, it was a good relationship, and um, the trouble was that uh, this new roommate was very very beautiful, and uh, Lacey, for some reason uh, that she couldn't even and, and she never could quite figure it out, except that she felt it was it was a, a temptation that she had been been for, been faced with. Uh, she just she fell in love with uh, with her. Her name was Renee LaJoy, and uh, and Renee also fell in love with her. And and that uh, of course is absolutely uh, uh, forbidden with Christians. But uh, they just they were just so in love that they couldn't quite see it. And then after which uh, the consequences became began to come uh, down their into their lives, and it was. It got it got pretty tough. Well, that's this is a book then that uh, you wouldn't say a real young audience uh, would adapt well to the storyline, or is this something for a little older audience? It's a little older, yeah. I would say I would say anybody under eighteen, twenty one, probably just wouldn't uh, catch the whole drift of the of the story. Is, is there more to the story than obvious? The obvious, which is uh, the conflict with the moral question that has arisen from this relationship. Uh, what other things in this uh, might grab the l- grab the reader? Well, it's a, it, it's also a story about Lacey and is as a an athlete and Renee is an athlete also. Renee is a, is a, a talented tennis player and uh, they're both uh, in college on scholarships because of their athletic abilities. And uh, I recount some uh, some tra- some uh, track uh, things that happened to uh, Lacey and some tennis things that uh, Renee was involved in. Uh, quite a bit of that at the at the more or less the first part of the book because uh, the second part is 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 quite different. Uh, and so that that would be there. And then also there's just uh, it's kind of a coming of age book. I mean, what kind of experiences they had, which were very different. Uh, there was one time when they got put in jail, and and there was uh, there was other things that, that happened to them, uh, and it it was it was a quite a, quite a testing time for Lacey. She had to determine whether her faith was real or not, and uh, it, it turned out that you know after many uh, trials, she she did actually in the end. Uh, uh, become very serious about our faith. Incredible. One of the other things that is mentioned in the outline of your story, was there an automobile wreck or some other uh, action scenes that you could describe for us? Yes, certainly. Um, as they were driving back to Lacey's home from Northern California, which is clear across the country in Pennsylvania, and uh, they were uh, they were doing uh, uh, having a good time. Uh, but they had to get to uh, Lacey's home uh, in what I call the little uh, town that she was living in, Schaumburg, Pennsylvania, uh, different from Schaumburg, Illinois, of course, because that's uh, a major suburb of Chicago. But yes. anyway, uh, she, they were driving home, and uh, at in one point they had a horrible accident, and Renee, Renee passed away. Lacey was almost killed. And then it, it it gives quite a bit of uh, information about her convalescence and and uh, also uh, 
some of the uh, emotional effects of that, and it's uh, it, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty intense at some points. Uh, you've, you've uh, I'm sure, drawn from your experience as a pastor and also as a uh, counselor sure. in hospitals. Uh, some of these instances, were they drawn from actual experiences or, or scenes that you have seen in real life? The, uh, the, the automobile accident was somewhat related to one that I was involved in. Not, not as, uh, I mean, it was my family, they're not... But I was involved, obviously, with the uh, after, uh, aftermath of the whole thing. Uh, the other issues, not really. Uh, as I said, the thing just popped into my mind. I, I, I don't know why that, how that happened or why, but it, it certainly did. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, I've read it back so many times, and I think, gee, it worked out pretty well. So <laughs> well, you might be a little spoiled about, uh, may, or maybe a little bit uh, prejudiced about your writing. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure uh, I am. Probably yeah. not. I, I uh, talk to a lot of authors, and some of them will take ten or fifteen years to write a book. So something that came together yeah. in a short period of time is uh, almost what I would call a miracle. You talk also yeah. of another difficult situation and and address some other serious issues in your book, including uh, the um, the the question of abortion and Down syndrome and. Uh, yeah. Other things that are uh, very um, difficult to attack. This is unusual for a, a Christian-based or faith-based book, is it not? This is a very daring book. It, it it deals with the issue of same-sex love, and I don't think you'll find another Christian book that, that deals with it except as a passing mention. I don't know why that happened any more than I understand why I, how I could write the book in such a quick time, hmm. or what what actually led up to it. But it would, but it's there, and that's that is unusual. Uh, I, I do come down very hard on abortion because that's just one of my personal uh, dislikes, to say the least, and also uh, also other things. You know, the the Down syndrome. Uh, uh, issue uh, again. I'm very, I'm very positive about uh, loving kids that are different and and uh, have a little bit of a, of a struggle in life. Yeah, all these things just kind of kind of move together and uh, and become part of the story. Tell about Lacey's second love life. You know, she actually has four loves. It's uh, her first love is God. The second love is family. The third was Renee, and the fourth is uh, the fellow that she eventually marries. Incredibly, you, you've uh, certainly ad- ad- adapted or approached several very challenging uh, subject uh, pieces in the storyline, mm-hmm. and uh, yet you were able to put it all together in a 238-page uh, novel. What has been the response? Have you been able to share this with other people, maybe non-family members, and, and what is their reaction to your, your approach? Sure, sure. I, I, well, both of my, my, my daughters have read it. And uh, were shocked that I could actually even do this. I was almost—I would say I wasn't totally shocked, but I was really surprised. Uh, my wife has read it and uh, and liked it very much. Matter of fact, she's read it twice, and uh, I, I felt good about that. <laughs> she, she's read it. She's read it twice to make sure she understood what she read the first time. Is that is that the way to describe? Uh, it? <laughs> uh, I, I, well, actually, I don't know her her motivation for reading it the second time. <laughs> I, I didn't ask her. She just told me that she had, <laughs> and I, I felt uh, felt very positive about that. Beautiful. Yes. If my wife had read it twice, it's because she's checking for for more spelling errors or something else. I've done. <laughs> she she may have been. I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, I don't really think so because I'm kind of I'm kind of. 
uh, fussy about spelling and grammar and punctuation and stuff like that. Well, what would you so, describe as these characters? What is the besides the 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 out in front uh, theme of your book? What would you say is the underlying message that you uh, you achieved in in completing Lacey's Loves? I had to think about that. I, I like I say, the book came out; it just flowed so quickly that I really that issue didn't even come up until after it was finished. Um, I, I I would say that you know outside of the fact that it is a coming of age book, uh, and that uh, you know we we you can grow uh, into your faith and, and into life successfully. Uh, it is uh, a book that just basically says that that good will triumph. Uh, that that no matter how bad things get, no matter how uh, poor your relationship uh, with other people or with God is. That if you're if you're sincere and are willing to uh, to you know go God's way and things things will work out and and they certainly did for Lacey. You've you've taken very difficult subject material and as you've described this is probably not another book of faith that approaches this many uh, challenging subjects and uh, certainly yeah. is uh, is unique to the industry. Uh, thank you for sharing the yeah. story. This is uh, this is a fascinating uh, fascinating piece of work. The title again is Lacey's Loves, and how do they get a copy of this? Uh, they can go to uh, through BarnesandNoble dot com, uh, Amazon dot com, uh, or uh, write uh, directly to the uh, publishers, which is Author House. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have their their address or phone number right here, but. Uh, I'm well, they, sure it's, they can look it up online yep. easily. Yes. Oh, sure, no problem. I'm sure it's in. The, I'm sure it's in the first couple of pages of the book. Absolutely, and uh, they can also request it online or or with their their uh, individual publisher. Their local publisher can order it in by request. Again, oh, yes. Again, definitely. the title is Lacey's Love L A C Y apostrophe S Loves L O V E S, and the author Stephen Mitchell. And Stephen is spelled P H the uh, correct way, in my opinion. And Mitchell M I T C C-H-E-L-L. Are you thinking there might be a sequel to this novel? Uh, I have already started writing it. It is not coming quickly like the first one did. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I felt I owed a sequel to the, the people who are going to read this. Uh, and I also was interested in finding out more about Lacey myself. Uh, it, it would be a... a a, a book about her years, her years after the age of 26. Uh, this book only goes a, has a five-year period in it, from 21 to 26, and uh, it, it it pretty much stops there. But uh, there is there's lots more in her life, lots more interesting things, and uh, I'm 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 working on it. <laughs> well, congratulations on completing this one. Again, the title is Lacey's Loves, and the author Stephen Mitchell has joined me from California, sir. I look forward to visiting with you when this one uh, makes the top ten or wherever it lands, and uh, <laughs> and we can talk again about uh, Lacey's uh, future and her present and her past and and how she is progressing. Thank yeah. you again for sharing your story. You're certainly welcome. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts. Back in a moment. It's marching down the road. Believe it or not, there are times when even I can't think of the right word. The inability to think of a word is called lethologica. 
Texas Monthly Magazine recently came out with some colorful homespun sayings. Old as dirt and common as cornbread in the Lone Star State. Did you hear about the Texan that could strut sitting down? But he was all hat and no cattle, which means very boastful, but with nothing about which to boast. On top of that, he don't know a widget from a wangdoodle or a diddly squat. His wife was a mighty strong woman. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. She was always telling folks that he was so tight, he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo screamed. She also said he was famous for calling the hogs all night or snoring. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title, The Gospel of the God of Existence. And joining me from Los Angeles in the United States of America is uh, author Ultimus Delahousie, and uh, he joins me and uh, to talk about this interesting book. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Your book is uh, is different. It it is not what I anticipated when I began looking into the uh, the contents of your book. How did this book get written, and what is the the reason that you felt you wanted to share this this story? Well, I was uh, into meditation. And uh, I started hearing a voice, and the voice actually dictated the whole book to me. All I did was uh, type it up, publish it, and uh, that's about it. The book, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the book uh, appeals to, you know, it would appeal to any human being. It seems to be a message from God. I I don't know if it was God dictating the book to me or my higher self or whatever, but it's a very interesting book. So from a a religious standpoint, those who who might be uh, religious or tend to be religious in their their leanings, this is not a traditional, uh, what I would call a, a traditional Christian or religious book. Uh, Eastern, it's more in the metaphysical. Would that be a way to describe this? Uh, no, I would say it covers all the religions. It's uh, non-denominational, and it says that all of the prophets were from God, that God sent many prophets to the earth, and uh, they were all true prophets. Even polytheism is a true religion, and it says that all of the gods in the polytheistic religions were the one true God as all of the gods, because God is capable of doing anything he can conceive of, and we can't conceive of what God can conceive of. You have over 170 pages. Uh, one of the uh, chapters, uh, or one of the uh, focuses, I guess, is the, the destiny of human beings. What do you feel his, uh, is the future of, uh, of us who are on this planet? Well, I think that eventually there won't be too much organized religion. It'll be phased out gradually as people evolve, and... Each individual will have a connection to God himself and won't need the clergy to explain to him what the holy books say. 
We can read the holy books for ourselves, the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, and, and other holy books. And we don't need a clergy to explain to us what it means, because they may have an erroneous interpretation. And we need to interpret it for our lives you also, individually. You also address monotheistic religions, and I'm, I'm assuming that there, there might be a unique approach or a unique uh, observation about that. What is that uh, that you feel is uh, going to happen about uh, the, the subject of monotheistic religions? Well, religion has been evolving, and it's evolved to the point where most people believe in one God, and that is going to be the uh, end result of a growing theism, is belief in one God, and one God can do anything. Like I said, the one true God was all of the gods in the polytheistic religions, but that religion was revealed to a people, and it was appropriate to their mentality at that particular time. And the time we're living in now, the mentality of the people can understand that there's only one God who is all-powerful and almighty and can, is perfect and can do anything he, can, he wants to do. And that's a pretty traditional view of what you have described uh, just uh, in, in describing the, uh, the existence of God from your, from your viewpoint and many others, correct? Yes. And you, you also, I think, uh, address uh, what many are pursuing, not pursuing, but embrace, and that's reincarnation. Some people feel like they're living a life that is a fulfillment of something that happened in their past. Is that also a part of uh, maybe a, a broader view of your book, ex- book uh, title and also content? Well, like I said, I didn't write the book. The book came through me. And I'm learning things from the book myself. And what I was told by the voice inside my consciousness was that we we started off as an atom, and we went through the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, and finally to the so-called human kingdom. But everything is human. An atom is a human being. A plant is a human being. So is an animal. But the two-legged human beings is the end result of evolving, starting off at the atom level. Ah. And how long, Aldous, did it take you to uh, complete this writing? Uh, I'd say maybe a couple of months or so, but because it was dictated to me, I didn't have to think about it. I just wrote what was dictated in my consciousness. Was there anything that surprised you in uh, what came to your mind or came to your pen as you uh, shared this information? Well, getting back to the question you just asked before that was, what I learned was that reincarnation happened in the Adam kingdom, the plant kingdom, and the animal kingdom. But I was told that when man gets to the two-legged human kingdom, he doesn't reincarnate anymore. Uh He goes on to other worlds and learns and grows and develops and evolves more and more into the image and likeness of God because we're created in his image. And there's God is perfect. There's no way that we can ever become 
like God at his level, but we can become more and more like God and evolve continuously forevermore. Fascinating. Now, you have uh, addressed uh, a viewpoint of the four Gospels, the Bible, and the Koran. Uh, what, uh, do those have unity in them, do you think? Or, or what is your viewpoint that you have uh, in, uh, shared in your book? Well, I believe that all of them are from God, the Bible, the Koran, and uh, other holy books. And uh, God revealed them through a human being, a, a prophet. But the prophet wasn't the one who revealed them. God revealed it through the prophets. God is not, in the understanding I have, is not a human being. But he speaks through human beings to deliver a message to his creatures. In the Christian religion, he is known as the Father in the Muslim religion, he is known as Allah. In the uh, Parsi religion, you may not have even referred to that, he's known as Ahura Mazda. And in the, uh, let's see, what else is there? The Jewish religion, he's known as Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh. Okay, I'm stuck now. Well, that's okay. You have uh, addressed what I would call the uh, uh, moral issues uh, that that are part of society in general, not just in the United States and Canada and North America, but all over the world. You talk about uh, or have shared information or observations about divorce, alcohol, drugs, prostitution, uh, child molesters, imprisonment, priesthood, uh, and spiritual qualities, homelessness, gambling, a lot of uh, very uh, provocative issues. What, if anything, was there that is unusual about the content of your book related to those issues? Well, like I said, I didn't write the book. The book came through me. And that's what I heard that was dictated to me. I say what is unusual is that uh, when I came to the chapter about men and women, uh, the voice said that a man shouldn't even touch a woman without her permission, or a woman shouldn't touch a man without his permission, because some people get a sexual feeling from hugging other people. Hmm. So that... uh, they should keep their distance, you know, and not have uh, uh, friendly association that close, and you know, and without permission of the uh, other party. And one thing also that's very unique about your book, you have, uh, oh, I don't know, what maybe even 70 or 80 pack, uh, chapter, what are called chapters or listed as chapters. They're basically, uh, those chapters are no longer than a paragraph or so. Is That's a little unusual. Were there challenges in, in sharing this information that you feel was uh, given to you? Uh, yes, there, there was, because... Like I said, I didn't write the book, and I was hesitant to give it to people and have to explain that I didn't write it, that a voice gave it to me, and, uh, you know, they think, well, maybe there's something mentally wrong with me that I'm hearing a voice. So I was kind of uh, afraid to share with people up until now. The book was uh, published in 2015, 
And uh, I have only given out maybe three or four books myself. I wasn't promoting it because I felt a little leery of uh, the source. But uh, Author House, when I was speaking to one of the <clears throat> marketing people there, said that, you know, that was a unique situation that maybe God revealed it to me. Maybe it wasn't my higher consciousness, but God was speaking through me to get a message through to people who needed that message at this particular time. It's a it's a different approach to, to writing, of course. I, I interview a lot of authors. Uh, again, the chapters are very uh, unique in that they're a paragraph or so that uh, deal with specific issues. Uh, the fact that it was, uh, one way to describe this, I guess some people would call it channeling. You have channeled this this voice or this uh, dictate of uh, that's covering these unique subjects. Uh, those who might want to get a copy of this, again, the title, The Gospel of God of the existence, how would they do so, Ultimus? Uh, it's the gospel of the God of existence, and they can go to Author House on the Internet, and uh, let's see, just a minute, let me look in the, the book. There's a phone number I can give you that they can call and order the book, or go on the Internet to Author House and then go to the 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 uh, store in Author House and get that book. Very good. I think they can also order it on Amazon if they choose, and probably under the title, The Gospel of the God of Existence, and the author, Ultimus Joseph De La Husi, uh the third. Uh, right. And uh, that uh, name is a little complicated, perhaps, but if they uh, spell it out, D-E-L-A-H-O-U-S-S-A-Y-E, if they do a search under your name, they can find it that way. Altimus, it was great visiting with you. Are there other books in the future? Well, there was one before this called Aphorisms and Poetry, and this is sort of a sequel to that one. It's uh, poetry with uh, insight in each poem. Very and, good. Uh, I have the number of Author House, if you want me to give it to you. Very good. Let's share it. It's 1-800-839-8040. Thank you, Altimus, for joining me today and uh, sharing your story. And hopefully uh, we'll get to talk in the future, and uh, we'll see how this goes. This is, a, again, a fascinating approach to a, a very complicated subject. So thank you for sharing your story. All right. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.